I've literally had people come in to our exhibits and start to cry because they're so impacted. They just go, I had no idea it was this bad. Welcome to On the Mission with Norwex Learning Network. I'm Amy Kadora. I created this show to help raise awareness about issues that can impact our quality of life, including harmful chemicals, plastic pollution, and sustainability. We'll also explore the simple changes that you can make to improve you, your families, and the planet's health. Hey everyone, we have a great podcast for this week. I had a chance to sit down with the founder of Washed Ashore, which is an organization that we've been partnered with for probably four or five years now. And um, I'm so happy to be able to call Angela and Frank, uh, good friends of mine, and um, have just... It's been wonderful um, getting to know them even better through this podcast. So a little bit of background for them. In 2010, Angela uh, really found her life's calling to make art to save the sea. And this actually happened after the sudden death of her husband. And she was really looking for meaning in her life. And she went to the ocean to heal. But what she ultimately found was an ocean that needed healing. Um, The educator in her really kicked into gear and her research revealed what was happening at the ocean. There was this massive amount of marine debris that was choking the oceans worldwide and affecting the environments and sea creatures that she had always loved. So rallying her small community of Bandon, Oregon, she inspired them with her creative problem solving and the nonprofit Washed Ashore was born. Today, thousands of volunteers have helped clean beaches and worked with Washed Ashore to process more than 20 tons of debris into over 70 sculptures of the animals affected by plastic pollution. And these sculptures now tour as the Washed Ashore Project, traveling exhibits, educating and inspiring countless people from all kinds of different backgrounds to take action in their own lives and prevent contributing to this global problem. And as the leader of a team of dedicated employees and hundreds of volunteers, Angela has vowed that this effort is her life's work. And until we run out of plastic on the beach, we will keep doing our work. I am so excited to be able to talk today to someone that I consider a very good friend and so lucky to have been able to meet her. My gosh, it's probably been, has it been four years, five years? It was kind of about five, five, six years ago. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. But many of you know her. She's been, uh, we've been so fortunate that she's come to our events and and has uh, been able to, to speak to us. But of course it is Angela uh, Hazeltine. Potsy, and she is the founder of Washed Ashore, which is the uh, uh, a group of, and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about it, but she's a, a partner for us as we have worked hard to create more awareness about the issues of plastic pollution. And Angela, I would love for you just to give us a little bit of of the history. I remember the story that you told us um, the first time you came to visit us at conference about how Washed Ashore came to be. Um, and I know it touched the hearts of a lot of our, uh, uh, of our consultants. So would love just to hear that again. How, how, I mean, how did you guys come up with this idea? Well, um, I've always loved the ocean. 
it's always been where I felt like my heart sang. And um, ever since I was a kid, I used to go to the Oregon coast. My family is long been Oregonians. And um, every summer of my childhood, I spent on the Oregon coast. And I had a set of grandparents on the northern coast and a set of parents, grandparents on the southern coast. So I knew the whole coastline of Oregon like the back of my thumb. But southern Oregon coast was really my very favorite place. And our family had a cabin on a little lake in southern Oregon in Bandon um, for, boy, I'd say, let's say 90 years now. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm the lucky inheritant of that after all those years. And, and so, um, and it always, even as an adult, I, I tried to come here every summer with my, with my husband and my daughter and, uh, we had, you know, been walking the beaches over time and always just picked up little things and not really seen a lot of plastic pollution or anything. But, uh, then, uh, after being married for about 25 years to my wonderful husband, Craig Potsy. Uh, he became very ill and um, had a brain tumor and suddenly died after a stroke and a lot of trauma in our family. And my daughter was a teenager. We were a mess. And I, I really felt like we were living near Portland and I felt like the only way I was going to heal from this was to come to Bandon. Uh, come to my place of solace, come to the place I had loved. I needed to see beauty and I needed to go to the ocean. And basically I, I walked the beaches every day with my dog and tried to figure out what purpose there could be to my life. I'd been an art teacher for 30 years and I, you know, and I couldn't teach anymore. I was just a mess. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? And I started walking the beaches and I'd see little bits of plastic and I was like, I didn't want to see it. I really didn't. I just was, I just wanted to see beauty. I want to see garbage. And then I got, so I really couldn't, I couldn't not see it. And I was like, what am I, what am I going to do? What is all this? And my, you know, my teacher brain was like, okay, you need to research this. You need to, figure out what it is and where it's coming from. And, and I did, and I was really horrified and, and really what, what a light bulb went off in my head that, you know, I had come to the ocean to heal, but I found an ocean that needed healing. And that was the moment when I was like, if I could find, if I could save the ocean, that would be a purpose to my life. And that would give me a reason to keep going. And it's like, okay, Angela, you're smart. Well, I'm starting to think I was a little smarter than I used to be <laughs> at age 50. And I um, said, you know, what if, if, if you could do that, you could find a purpose in your life, you could do this. I mean, I'd worked with community before. I care about the environment. I never been an environmentalist. I just love nature, you know? And so I thought, okay, you got to figure it out. What if you say, how are you going to get the whole community to go down and pick up garbage off the beach and haul it up? And how are you going to turn it into art supplies? I'm like, okay, you could do this. And I just, just put my head around it. And then um, I did, I just started putting on workshops. I had a property and I'm like, we're just going to, we're just going to do this. And we, we built 13 sculptures in six months and got an exhibit. And then we decided, I decided to tour it 
and I decided it had to tour around the world and we had to reach as many people as we could. And we were educating people through the arts. And so that's, that's how it started to give you an update 10 years later. Now it's been 10 years. We processed, I'd say close to 30 tons of garbage into over 80 works of art. We now have four touring exhibits that travel across the country and we estimated we have reached over 25 million people seeing our work in person, not to mention the internet flood. And I know we're making a difference because now, 10 years later, more people are talking about garbage in the ocean, more people know about plastic pollution than ever before. And I think that we've, and we've connected with great people like Norwex, corporations that care and created those partnerships has been really great. So that's yeah. There well, you go. I mean, Angela, this is just phenomenal to me that this started as a walk on the beach and you not necessarily having the clarity that you do now, but not sorry, being confident that stepping into this project and creating it as you went along, which it sounds like is what you did. It was like, well, I'm okay, let's try this. And all right, well, then let's do this now. And suddenly, suddenly, (laughs) you know, 10 years later, you've reached 25 million people with this message of, I mean, that's just, that's off the charts. That's just amazing to me. It is crazy. And sometimes I amaze myself. I'm like, really? I started this? That happened? Totally, and I, and I have an incredible team. I mean, it's not just me now. I mean, we've right, we've right, staffed right. up to twelve people working full, you know, not full time, but pr- twelve people for Wash to Shore. Right. We've had to cut back our staff during the COVID time, and you know, our gallery isn't open where I'm standing right now is closed to the public. Right. But you know, we've we're now at uh, five full time people and no part time people. But you know, we we need to have our whole organization run to to make this happen and we have counted on volunteers and that's a huge part of as being a nonprofit I mean that was the whole idea we're a nonprofit service organization here to educate people and and so you know our whole process of having volunteers involved in making the sculptures parts of them working with kids doing field trips you know, reaching people however we can has been really important to us. Well, I know it was amazing for me. You know, one thing to certainly talk to you when we first started this project five years ago, but to actually come visit you, which I was so fortunate to be able to do. First of all, it is drop dead gorgeous where you are at. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, Truly, truly. Um, But to be able to see your gallery and also the area where uh, that, that large outdoor area where you sort literally by hand all of the pieces that people collect and you color into colors, you wash each piece. Um, and I can't remember the young man's name that we met there uh, who was doing that work for you so diligently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's amazing. Well, and it is, and it's, it's crazy labor intensive work. I mean, this is the kind of junk that we get up on the beach and my job. And the cool thing is, is that um, I have now a lead artist who I'm working with. I'm the artistic director and I'm also, you know, I'm trying to let go of my many, many hats and narrow them as I get older. But you know, is to have people be able to look at something and say, okay, that should be a part of something other, you know, I mean, how to sort these things and figure out how to use all of it. And that's the trick is we don't, we really try to use 
all of the garbage so that we can show people the variety and how much there is, right. you know, and, and different kinds of things. And then, you know, and, and then also we send education kits to with our exhibits so that the staff and docents of those exhibit um, venues can do a lot of teaching as well. And then I right. train those people as well. So, you know, the whole educational aspect is so important. And then part of our education has a lot to do with what Norwex does. I mean, we care about saying there are, are alternatives to this. You know, you don't have to be buying these plastic things. You know, you don't have to um, do your old habits. You can change your habits and you can do things that are more healthy for the planet. You know, Right. What's the strangest thing you've ever found on the beach and had to incorporate into a sculpture? <laughs> I'm kind of afraid to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, well, I think on on the bottom of actually, I can take you over there and show it to you. It's oh, cool. Small. Okay, so I'll I'll take you through our gallery here. See, I'll I'll walk you through the the whaleboat rib cage. Wow, this is a bonus. I love it. <laughs> and we're going to go over to Nora. Nora, who's not related to Nora, but this is Zora, actually. This is Zora, the rock hopper penguin. I incorporated fake logs. Fake logs? Fake logs that washed up on the beach that are plastic logs. Okay, <laughs> so, so. That's one of those things where I'm like, why does anyone have fake plastic logs? Plus, why are they on the beach? So that was that was an interesting moment. Yes, that was an interesting moment. Yes, now I'm going back through the Royal Bones Rib Cage. Oh, oh and while we're on a tour, you want a little bit of a tour? Sure. This is Steve the Weedy Sea Dragon, one of my all-time favorite sculptures. He's wow. he's very tall. He's 10 feet tall and 16 feet long and he's a male and so and the males carry the the uh, eggs on their on their tails and so I tried to make little baby baby uh sea dragons inside the eggs there oh and then yeah so that's Steve the weedy sea dragon you saw him in the background so I thought yes yeah he's he's one of my favorite I built him from scratch I actually built the whole thing with scrap plastic and stuff so so is he your favorite i mean of all the ones that you've ever done like which one is your all-time favorite he's pretty close to my favorite one <laughs> i you know it's like having you know 80 children you can't say you right. like the one best but, right I mean, this is cleo the clownfish and i really love her too she's she's got all kinds i hand stitched all these little parts of goofy things and I was really proud that I got all the the markings right and everything and I try to get the scientific accuracy of these animals as much as possible. I remember seeing that in your in your gallery where you've got these printouts and and the research that you did uh, on Nora the salmon in particular and you, you yeah lots of work goes into that. I love Octavia the octopus too. She's one of my favorites cuz I each arm is doing something different to show the intelligence of octopuses so that's kind of fun stuff. So tell me where, like, when you're looking at these sculptures, where are all the places that they go to be exhibited? Because you, I mean, they have been certainly all over North America, but wh where are some of the, the places that they've gone to, to be exhibited? 
Oh my gosh. Um, well, the United Nations, it was really great. Uh, and Nora, the salmon got to go to the United Nations. I remember uh, that. The U S state department with John Kerry, you know, got to meet, uh, some of these sculptures and, you know, that was when he was secretary of state. Uh, we've had, uh, shed aquarium in Chicago. We've been to the Toronto zoo in Canada. Uh, we've been to the Houston Zoo, to the Marine Mammals Center, um, to Botanical Gardens in Iowa. We've been uh, to SeaWorld. We've been to Disney World. Uh, we had, yeah, so. Denver Zoo. I remember that one for Nora. Denver yep. Zoo. I mean, yep. I can't remember. Georgia Aquarium. Uh, right now we have pieces at the Florida Aquarium and Oakland Zoo and uh, the Oregon Zoo in Portland. Smithsonian, um, right? And the Smithsonian, yeah. We have a piece that's been there for four years. Uh, they're closed still, but uh, it's still there. Uh, and it's a turtle in an ocean called Turtle Ocean. Oh. And uh, yeah, and, and we're, and we're going to be having, um, you know, more shows going up next summer. And uh -huh. so, you know, it, it keeps going. We've had over 30 different venues um, that we've gone to. And we, we try to have all our shows be like six to eight months and sometimes even a year long. And that right. way it gives people the chance to go back and, and, you know, really the educational aspects really kick in if you're right. there long. So. What do you think, or have you, have you observed like kids in particular, maybe it's adults too. Like what are their reactions when they get up? You know, it's one thing to see it far away and it's, it's gigantic and it's beautiful, but as they get closer and they start to read and understand and see what's on there what 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 kind of responses do you typically see well it's really interesting um when i when i decided to design these sculptures i decided the most important thing was to reach the general public not just the environmentalists or the people who already know about it but people who have never heard of plastic pollution or maybe litter on the beach you know people that aren't aware and so to me, that was most important to right. get new people to be able to wake up. So I try to make them really beautiful from a distance so that you're lured in and you get, as you get closer, you then see things that you use in your everyday life. So I often have that reaction from people who just happen to wander through our door because it was an open door, you know, they didn't really know what they were looking right. at and they go, what? Why is there a lighter? What is this about? Why, why is there a toothbrush? What's that? And then they read our signage, you know, which is a part of who we are. This is kind of our signage is always next to our sculptures. Right. And, and the signage will then say, you know, help clean it up. And it gives you ideas of how you can help the situation, what it's all about. And, and I think that I think the most satisfying to me is when you have people who go, I had no idea. This is, this is outrageous. How could there be so much plastic in the ocean? Why is this happening? And they, and they're, they're like, what can I do about it? So that's what I want to see happen. I mean, I want to see what can I do about it? Be the reaction. And often that is I've had, I've literally had people come in to our exhibits and start to cry because they're so impacted, they just go, I had no idea it was this bad. Right. And I think that by, by showing things people recognize and not disguising them, 
it makes it real. And then they go, that's, that was really on the beach. That's the real thing. It's not like we process it so you can't see it. Um, you see the real stuff in front right. of you. Right. Um, and, and, and I think one of my favorite stories is a little girl who came um, we do field trips all the time with our local schools. They come through here. Almost all of them every year come through here. And we always have new things. And so um, one day I was in the gallery and this little eight-year-old was holding her, her grandma's hand and said, okay, grandma, this is washed ashore. And this is, and the grandma's like being pulled by this. She says, aunt, this is why you have to make sure you recycle. And this is water bottles and we should not be using water bottles grandma that's not what we're supposed to be doing these these turtles see this over here these turtles are eating this stuff and so it's like this little kid was instructing was being our dose of, and like and and then the mom and dad were following like oh, okay oh, oh okay <laughs> and that and that's really rewarding when you get the kids right. teaching the parents and the right. parents have to listen because it's right. sort of like I mean, I think when we were kids, we taught our parents about recycling. Right, that's right. Because it was new. And that was what we were taught. It's like, you need to recycle. And we went home and said, this is what's going on, and we need to recycle. And my teacher told me we need to do this, you know. Right. And I think that's, that's really rewarding. But, but it's really, our shows are not just for kids. They're for everybody because we all have kind of that thing in us that we all want to see giant animals and we all want our picture taken next to them and something fun and colorful. So, you know, it, it, it's meant for everybody. Absolutely. Now you talked a little bit about volunteers being kind of the backbone for, for the, you know, getting a lot of the work done too. Do you know roughly how many volunteers you've had help you over the years? Yeah. We're estimated around 14,000. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, see, we live in a tourist town. And so, and as you said, it's one of the most beautiful places there is. So people are always looking for something to do. And uh, we also have some real regular volunteers uh, in our community who love to, who use this as like a quilting circle. You know, like they all come and they work together and they have their weekly time where they all are helping us build a sculpture. I love it. That's awesome. And then they get to see what, where they go and what they turn into and, and then they're like, I helped make that. And it's, it's in Chicago now. Oh, you know. And so, you know, it's, it's really brought our community together, which has been really great. And it's also, we offer family stuff. So families actually, can, we, we work with all levels. So I design things that, you know, a three-year-old can work on as well as, you know, the teenager and the parent and the grandparent. That's the teacher in you coming out. Yeah, that is. I've also taught every level in, in out in the public schools. But uh, so we actually have had people plan their family reunions in Bandon so that they could come to Wash Ashore and all work together. Oh, my gosh. Which I is a really it. cool thing. That's very, so, very cool. You know, I love that kind of family-friendly yeah. part of who we are. Also, they all know they're working together to something bigger than themselves. And what a great lesson for kids. Right. I mean, I think that's really a wonderful thing that people, when they come to our workshops, they're making a little part of something, but they don't take it home. Right. They don't even ask to take it home because they're like, I'm making a part of this, this, this giant penguin. And these are the feathers and it's going right. to go on the back. And right. so I'm going to leave it here so they could do that. And they get all excited about it. And it's a different kind of a 
satisfaction and it's like it's a gift and it's a community service and it's it's more of what we need in this country is doing things for the greater good you know right you know it's funny you say that because when we were talking with you about nora the salmon and you did such an amazing job of getting it all organized so that actually globally um, each country could contribute the pieces and then at a conference we had everybody making pieces Um, And then we had a discussion about, well, should we go ahead and um, bring Nora back to the office and we'll put her in the hall here or in the the big foyer out front. And it was it was almost immediate that we thought, no, because we can't have the level of impact with Nora in our front office as we can letting Angela and her team send it as part of a tour around the country and around North America. And what you just said just makes that ring so true that it was, it was uh, in some ways a, a gift that, the, that, that our teams put together and wanted it, d- didn't want to have ownership of it, but wanted to share that. So that, that's, it, it just felt like the right thing to do, you know? Well, as a matter of fact, she's helping us right now, Nora is, because, because we've had to shut our gallery, we were we took her and some of her friends from our exhibit here and put her out among the community here. And so she's right next to a, a beautiful boutique uh, down the street at the end of the street, luring people down the street. So to speak, to, luring. So, yeah, luring, yes. Um, and, and in a beautiful setting and a little... Uh, you know, garden area. And so she's now greeting the tourists of Bandon who aren't able to come into our exhibit hall, but can be outside and join her. And that I love was it. really great. To be able to have That's that. awesome. So I've, I've often wondered this, but where do you, I mean, where do these ideas, where's the inspiration come from for you? Number one to go, you know what, we're going to do a salmon leaping out of the water for those Norwex people or, you know, whatever that next animal is. How do you get that inspiration? And not only for the animal, but then kind of what it's going to look like. How, how do you, I mean, that's the creative mind at work, I know, but I'd love for you to take a, a non-creative person through that. Well, it's funny because when we were, um, when we were talking about that at the beginning with Norwex, I was like, okay, so what animal is a real international um, animal and knowing where your roots are uh, as a company and some right. of your founders in Norway, like, yeah. In Norway, I'm like, we need to think about where you know. I always look at where animals live and where they inhabit and what they symbolize and their connection to people. And so, I really wanted something that showed you know, like inland to something that was inland as well as in the sea, and and I, I wanted someone you know that traveling and and really international animal and salmon was perfect, and and also I mean Nor Norwex has also been involved in you know the connections of of rivers being healthy and and so I thought well we have to have something that's connected to rivers and so. Those kind of think that thinking is often what starts it. Now, gotcha. um, now Steve the Weedy Sea Dragon was simply the fact that I learned about these animals, the Weedy Sea Dragon, back when I was a young teacher uh, by this wonderful man I taught with who was a music teacher named Steve. 
and he sh- and he was a crazy one. He's a wonderful musician. And he came up and he showed me this picture in a National Geographic. He goes, you got to see these. These are the coolest animals ever. They look like Dr. Seuss. And I'm like, they do look like Dr. Seuss. And, and, um, and so I'd always kind of loved this. And I, I had been doing a lot of gray and black and white animals. I'm like, right. I need to do something totally fun and bright and colorful right now because I just kind of need that. I'm like, I think I want to make a weedy sabre again. So nobody asked for it. I'm like, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how that one started. Sometimes I get to do that. Uh, right now, we're, we're going to be making a sturgeon. Ooh. And the reason we're doing a sturgeon is Green Bay Botanical Garden is on the Great Lakes. And they said, and they're going to have our exhibit next, next year. And they said, could you do a Great Lakes animal? And I'm like, okay, let me do some research on that. And sturgeon are just really cool prehistoric looking creatures. They're really amazing looking. And I'm like, oh, lots of texture. We could get, oh, we could have fun with that. It's like, okay, we're doing a sturgeon. So. Oh, I love it. Now, as you were talking, I was just thinking, do you have a spirit animal? I'd be an octopus. Octopus? <laughs> arms all over doing too many things at once. I mean, that's me. So it's got to be an octopus. I, either that or a great blue heron. Oh, the, I love the great blue heron. I think great blue herons and octopuses are the two. I, so, I love that. I love that. My air animal as my water animal. So yeah. <laughs> now, have you met, have you met any famous people? Cause I know you're doing something right now with a famous celebrity, but and tell me a little bit more about that. But also, um, have you met any other famous people through your work? Oh, my. I actually have. It's pretty funny. Um, I met Jack Johnson, the, the singer. Wow. He actually had Nora. Nora met Jack Johnson. <laughs> Nora went to a Jack Johnson concert with So she had a date with Jack Johnson is what she you're saying. Jack Johnson. Wow. Yeah, and yeah, and I have a picture of me and Jack Johnson next to Nora. I need to send that to you. Send that to me. I would love it. I would love it. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, we got to do that. Uh, so that was kind of fun because um, I love his music. I do too. And because he was doing, he really cares about plastic pollution in the ocean. And so he had us up at one of his concerts in Bend, Oregon. Uh, wow. I've met, like I said, John Kerry, who was Secretary of State at the time. I've met, I came so close to meeting Obama, but I didn't, you know, it was like he was in the room next door, but during that state of the um, state conference. Uh, Sylvia Earle is, is a really amazing woman. If you don't know who she is. No, uh, tell us more. Mm. Oh, she's a, she's a really amazing woman. Uh, uh, She's a great oceanographer and one of the first female uh, famous oceanographers ever and has lived on, actually spent time on the bottom of the ocean, lived there over a few months and been in submersibles. And uh, she's a real ocean advocate. And she's, she, I'm very complimented that she is uh, really a fan of Wash Ashore. And so she started Mission Blue, which is her nonprofit. And then there's there's a whole movie about her and her life called Mission Blue that is really great. She's a dear, dear woman. And and just, I often see her at various, I've seen her over and over again at various things. So um, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, she's pretty oh, amazing. Just reading up on her. Oh, she's just, she's yeah. just amazing. She's a power woman. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. Humble, 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 but, but very powerful. 
and very soft spoken, mm-hmm. but a powerhouse. In fact, I named a uh, silver tip shark Sylvia after her. So, Does she know powerful- that? Does she know that? Did you send her a picture and let her know? <laughs> I don't know how good we are about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe she'll but, hear about and, it here. And she's beautiful and also powerful. You got to watch out for her. Right. <laughs> yeah. so, exactly. Uh, and I met, um, I spent an afternoon with Mike Rowe of the, you know, Dirty Jobs and Mike Rowe. Somebody oh, got yeah, 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 yeah. That guy, he's amazing. He was really fun. And he he did a whole s- a special on us at CNN, his CNN show. Right. Back. And uh, that was pretty cool. He helped me build Zora the Rockhopper Penguin. Um, he did some work on her. Um, and then I guess, I guess the most amazing one is the most recent one is Kelly Clarkson. Um, we're buddies now, I guess. <laughs> she's, she's just amazing. And I, I, uh, gotten to know a lot more about, you know, what she's been doing. And, and she really highlights on her show, you know, good things people are doing and, and has a real positive take on, uh, on things. So she's been having us, uh, she's done a couple of episodes with us and, and she partnered me up with a, well, she asked if I would be willing to mentor a young girl wow. who wanted to be an artist and, had done some work on with found objects and plastic found objects and things. And I said, yeah, yeah, I could do that. And, and she said, well, you know, we really want to have her come and work with your workshop and worked at Washed Ashore, but since there's the COVID thing, we'll do that. You know, if you could do it through zoom, you know, that would be fine until you can get there. Well, I kind of said, so how long is that going to be? <laughs> and, you know, at first I was like, well, I'm not sure, but it has been so much fun. And uh, I think it's going to be an ongoing thing forever. I don't know. She's just a great kid. She's now 11 years old and she's so, she's so smart and such a good student. You couldn't ask for better. And I'm learning about, you know, being on zoom. And so it's so funny because you want to help somebody and, and you know, show them something you're pointing to things you realize they can't see what you're pointing to. <laughs> Whole new experience. Well, Kelly Clarkson, I mean, that's amazing for you guys to be not only we were talking about this earlier, not only do you go on the show and get a chance to to promote this concept and, and hopefully get more awareness, but to continue to check in over a year and mentor uh, a young, a young up and coming artist. Um, yeah. That's pretty amazing just to keep that going, to keep that momentum going. Cause what we're looking for really is that momentum, that wave that keeps getting bigger and bigger. Right. Well, and they want to actually follow us while we build a sculpture, which is going to be really cool because uh, that will really give people an understanding of of what it takes to do that. And also uh, the involvement of all the different people and stuff like that. And and then just sort of see how it all come, how, you know, how one person can help do small parts of it. And, you know, we are, they also featured my jewelry, which is, this is a little crazy thing is all made of, this is all made of garbage off the beaches. This is. Wow. Look at that. So there's a, that's an umbrella hand. No, that's just a, no, that's a handle and bottle tops and, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. But so I've been doing, 
when we were sort of shut down and everything was on pause, I was just like, well, I need to stay busy. I can't just sit around. And, right. um, so I started fiddling out with doing jewelry. So now I've done like 24 necklaces and we've decided to set up an Etsy store. And, and when someone purchases one of these, they'll actually get a little uh, educational kit that goes with it. Right. So you can then become an ambassador, an ocean ambassador and teach people about marine debris by wearing a necklace. Wow. Love it. You guys should do like a like a GoFundMe to, to, to fund like the next sculpture too. Have you done that before? Haven't done that before. No, it, we definitely could do that. We just haven't done it yet. It's, it is expensive. I mean, now we use, you know, you're talking about when we started, when we started this, we actually worked with high school students in a welding shop up, up <laughs> in Tuesday to weld the sculptures, the bases with uh, recycled rebar. And then over the years, we realized recycled rebar kind of starts rusting out and it's not so good. And so we've now had to switch to stainless steel. So now all of our bases cost a lot of money. I mean, just for the the framework can cost up to $20,000 just to build the framework Mm -hmm. by a welder. So um, cause they're, you know, our sculptures are huge. They, they like they're huge. I mean, yeah. And, and yeah, a tiny little piece, but right. most of ours are like 16 feet long and 10 feet tall. And, you know, That's so crazy, but you know what, you know, yeah. you think about something like GoFundMe where people would get excited about helping playing their part, right. And being a part of something bigger as you create whatever your next vision is. I think we want to do that. We want to do it. We want to do a manatee. Oh, I would love to see a manatee. They are adorable. We have a lot of we have a lot of fans in Florida, and we've been asked to do a manatee over and over again by people. So I'm like, oh, we should really do a manatee. You should. You should, and get them to help pay for it too. Contribute to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, Angela. I so appreciate. I could talk to you for a lot longer. We could take a whole afternoon, and we need to. We need to get rid of this COVID, and then. Uh, pay you another visit. Cause I would love to come back to band and we had so much fun. Do you remember we took, we took our consultants and did a, um, a horse ride on the beach. We of course did the tour of your uh, beautiful tour of the facility and the gallery. We went to dinner. I'm trying to think of all the other stuff we did. It was a little crazy. We had, our, we had such a good time. Oh, well, and I'd love to come to, if you ever have a conference again, Absolutely. I mean, it was so much fun. I, I remember those conferences. I I just felt like it was it was like being surrounded by power women everywhere. It was just so cool. It's like go women. I mean, there yeah. were some men, but it was really about women. But yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, really, really fun. Such a great group of people that you have in Norwex. It's just you know I I really feel honored to have this this partnership and really appreciate what you guys do and i just want you to know that that you know we're always we've you know we're we're always looking for for partners and corporations that are doing the right thing who want to have an extended relationship and you guys have been with us and we really appreciate your ongoing support oh no it is absolutely our pleasure we love everything you're doing um we are inspired by your vision um you are truly a visionary angela i hope you know that 
and um, definitely want to certainly want to continue and will continue this relationship. And we would love for you to come back and do another podcast later too, because I know everyone's going to be clamoring to hear more from Angela. So anytime, anytime. All right. Thank Thank you. Really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to share with friends and family and don't forget to follow and subscribe.